0: Welcome to the Faith Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. We believe today's message will empower you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Here's today's message. I take take eyes to see. I take take ears to hear. I forgive everybody everybody of everything. everything. I receive receive supernatural supernatural debt debt cancellation. cancellation. The word of God God that I'm about to receive will enable me and empower me. To make Jesus famous in my everyday life. Go ahead and give a big round of applause for First Lady.
1: Praise the Lord. It's so good to see you all today. You may be seated. It's so good to see you. I missed you all. I missed you. We can remain confident that we will see the goodness of the Lord in this on this side of heaven, and then, of course, throughout all of eternity. He loves us so much. He is love. Everything he does is love. When he corrects us, is love. When he teaches us is love, any time he tells us to go a certain way, it's because once we get to the end of that road, it's going to be something that blesses not just us, but those who we care about and community that we live in and the communities we work in and that we do life in. So, today, the title of my message is actually, you know what? We're going to talk about the title later. I keep going back and forth. I told Pastor Carrick, I'm going to take these earrings off. You know, when you have short hair, you feel like you should have, like, maybe big earrings to make up (laughs) for the short hair. But um, nonetheless, let's just go straight to the Word of God. I'm very much so excited. This series. Is Faith and Family in the Fall. And so today, I want to encourage you, through the Word of God, to make sure that you are aligning yourself with His instructions so that we can have successful relationships all around, in our marriages, with our children, with the people that God has called us to do life with. And for many of us, that's, that's lots of different arenas. Our job, you know, we're... Assuming we are all where God wants us to be and we are um, walking out those steps in regards to our calling, there's people that God has called us to do life with, to work, to walk with, but many times we put our foot in our mouths in all of those situations and we we just um, are not setting ourselves up to be successful consistently enough to see the results that God wants us to see. So let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to begin at the beginning with verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us lay that aside, that sin that so easily gets us. I mean, every time it's the same thing, same buttons. Let's, Let's lay that aside. And let us run the race with patience. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, he started this thing, he is going to end it. And it's going to end, it's going to look exactly the way he told us it was going to look who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And we know that the word says that we are also seated. We are seated um, with Christ Jesus. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood striving against sin. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when, he, when thou art rebuked of him. When the Lord corrects you, it's a good thing. It's because he loves you. When he tells you in his word the right way to do anything... I know when it's, you know, when it's something we just don't want to do, we got to fix our want to. Because first, you know, we're like, praise the Lord. I see that there. But, and we give all these excuses as to why we won't do it, why we don't have to do it, why this is no longer relevant, or we know it's the truth and we just know we're not going to do it, you know. But many times when it's something that we don't want to hear, you know, we just simply don't like it. Just to make it plain, we don't like it. We don't want to do it. We choose to ignore it, to put it at the back instead of the forefront of our minds. And we just keep doing life the way that we've been doing it. However, that's the key to the change that you've been praying for. So when you are chastened, when you, when the Lord rebukes you. And he does that to me all day. Every, I mean, I mean, all the time. Because we make mistakes. We're human. He's always showing me. You know, you pray because we want these things and we do. We pray. We pray. We, I prayed for my husband forever. And I did it God's way and I waited and it seemed like forever. And I asked the Lord, I was like, please don't let it be, like, you don't let, don't let me be, like, well, I would prefer my testimony not be. When I was <laughs> well in in years in my life, I finally met my husband. But we pray for our husband. I mean, we pray for spouses. We pray to be able to have children. And then when the Lord answers our prayers, we've done it his way, assuming we've done it his way thus far, or we've repented, and now we're Doing it God's way, they come, and for a season, we're maybe, maybe for a season. Some of us, not even for a season, not even for a short season, but maybe for a season, we are able to do the things that God is asking us to do in patience, with love, until we can't anymore. And then that same person that we prayed for, those same kids that we prayed for, we are either Mumbling or not mumbling, you know, all of these things that we just as Christians should not be saying or thoughts that we are not casting down, we're letting them stew because we want to pick it back up later when we are all by ourselves to consider how annoying all of the other people that God has ordained me to do life with are. Every single one of them except me has lost their mind, all of them. My kids are crazy. My husband is crazy. My boss is the worst. I think he might have been literally birthed from Satan and whomever his boo was because this is a mess. But I know I am exactly where God wants me to be. And then the Lord tells you to do something (laughs) that is hard, like pray for your spouse. Or just don't go off at the mouth every time he says anything. You know, babe, is dinner ready? What, I don't know, did you cook dinner? How am I supposed to know if dinner's ready? Why don't you take yourself down to Captain D's or Popeye's or whatever is open and ask them if they cook dinner, because right now, all I know is that you didn't come in and say you love me. You didn't come in and do the la, You la da And there's all these reasons. All he did was ask a question. But he didn't ask the question you wanted him to ask all day long. You've been contemplating on this moment. When he walks in this house, he better ask this specific question, Jesus. I mean, each word needs to be exactly the way I see it in my mind right now. Otherwise, we might not make it, Lord. Because I have given him this opportunity so many times, and he has failed every single time. And then the Lord asks you in advance, make him dinner. You're like, what? Did you not just see my day? First, I had, you know, we give all these excuses as to why we can't get in line with what the Lord is asking us to do, and all he's trying to do is answer our prayers. And that's not who we are. We all children of God. God gave us the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And sometimes there's many different reasons. You know, there's various different ways to get to this place. Sometimes we, you know, stop consistently doing the things that we should do. We're not consistently renewing our minds. We're not consistently watching what we put in our eyes and our ears. We're not consistently in the Word of God. We're not hanging around the right people. There's a lot of different reasons. Or it could be that we are consistently doing those things, but we're not doing it with patience because it's like, how long do I have to do this until I see something break? It's been like two years now. And for the last two years, he's been asking the wrong questions or not listening. You know, it's just a lot of reasons why we can get to that place. But then we're praying for something. We're asking God for breakthroughs in areas And he answers us, but when he does, we don't think he loves us, we don't think he's for us, because if he loved me or if he was for me, he would not ask me to do something that my flesh just does not want to do because I'm already mad, I'm maybe a little bit bitter, but I don't want that bitterness cleaned up. I want the situation to look the way I want it to look, regardless to how foolish that may be. And that's just not how you win. That is... Definitely the way, if you want things to fall apart, that's the way to do it. That's the way to go. So when the Lord loves us, it's because he's trying to get us to a place where we are experiencing what it is that we've prayed for, what it is that we want. And matter of fact, it's not even, it's so much, you know, when the Lord does something, it's, it's above and beyond what, we've, what, what we want. Verse 6 For whom the Lord loveth, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons? Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Now, granted, for many of us that came with time and maturity, when it was happening when we were kids, we may not have appreciated our parents doing what they did in order to keep us from completely going off the the rails. But then as we grow and we mature, we realize we owe them so much. Many of us are probably... A lot still alive today because our parents just were the way that they were, you know? But when we're going through it, it doesn't feel like love. It's not until you are on the other side of that you realize you were a mess, you know? Um, My mom, I mean, when I was a kid, I'm like, whenever I go see Jesus, I want to, whenever I'm done, I've done everything the Lord's called me to do on this side of earth on this side of heaven, and it's time for me to go home to be with the Lord. After seeing Jesus, whom I love, and after seeing all the biblical heroes, and after seeing all the loved ones that have gone home before me, I'm going to need to ask Jesus if Boo Boo the Fool is there. Because my mom (laughs) asks me all the time if she looked like Boo Boo the Fool, and I have no idea what he looks like. I just know whenever I was in the grocery store and I decided I wanted to explore and, you know, practice, um, you know, get those creative juices going and maybe turn Publix into a magical, a magical place for all to enjoy, my mom would stop all of it, stop all of those creative things from happening and then later on ask me if she looked like Boo Boo the Fool. (laughs) So, we've all been there and maybe you know when we're in it we you know it's not fun I didn't love my I love my mom but I didn't love those moments (laughs) and that's how it is with us as adults even though now we're mature enough to understand that what they did was for the for our good many of our parents when Jesus does it to us you know when Jesus asks us if he looked like we we're responding the same way that we did back in the day when we were immature and we were lacking in wisdom (laughs) And, you know, we're not happy about it. We don't see it as love. And many times we don't do it. We just don't do it. We're giving them a hard time the way many of us gave our parents hard times when we were kids. Verse 9. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits who live? For... they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit and we might be, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. It's not easy. It's not easy to choose to walk in love. It's not easy to choose to speak the word of God over a situation when your flesh is uh, I want you to say some other choice words that just will not set you up to be blessed. Um, Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. When we do the things that God asks us to do, we get God results. That's what we want. But we have to do it his way. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down And the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. But let it rather be healed. I'm going to read verse 13 in the Amplified. Cut through and make smooth straight paths for your feet. So that the leg which is lame may not be put out of joint but rather may be healed. When God corrects us in these situations concerning our role within our families, within our communities, within our um, places of work and places of school, it's so that this path can be made smooth. It seems as if you shouldn't even have to say, so that the leg, which is lame, may not be pulled out of joint but rather may be healed, it seems as if it would make sense that we want to be healed in this area. We want things to go well in this area. Why would we want it to get worse? Your leg already lame. Why would you want it to be put out of joint? Like, it makes no sense. But some of us are in a place where we just, some of us don't want things to get better. If you're just being honest with yourself, you you don't want it to be healed. You don't want to be healed. You don't want this situation to be fixed. You want your leg to be put out of joint for some reason. So we have to fix our want to, and God can do that. It's very simple. We can ask the Lord for help in any area, and he'll help us with it. He'll even help us with the want to. Lord, help me to not want to be lame in this area. 14 says, continually pursue peace with everyone. Somebody say, oh, Lord. (laughs) I understand. <laughs> That's probably how I, what I thought when I first I I'm like, oh, Lord, everyone? Because um, I got a lot of people on here that I could do that with, but then there's this one person. <laughs> um, Continually pursue peace with everyone and the sanctification without which no one will see, and sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of God's grace that no root of resentment springs up and causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. You have to guard your heart. You have to guard your heart with, (laughs) you know, it's like when you are at home and it's just you and the people that you do life with, um, you know, many times... Many times people outside of the homes will put up a front, and it's like, you know, they're happy, and this is what's going on, and I'm, I'm this type of person. And then you get home, and your children and your spouses are not experiencing the same thing that everybody else outside of the house is experiencing, you know? And we get there, like I said, many different ways. You may not have started off that way, and it doesn't even matter how bad you are. It just matters that you take the Lord's correction so that he can make Everything around you, peaceful and honestly, the fruit thereof, be what it is that you desire it to be anyway. But um, actually, we're just going to keep reading, and I'm going to go back to that point a little bit a little bit later, and I'm going to read it from the King James Version instead of the amplified. And we're going to pick up with um, verse 15 again, "Look diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God." Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. Thereby many be defiled. And then verse 16 says, Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterwards, when he would have inherited the blessing, something that God had set up for him before he even came into the picture, When he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance. Though he sought carefully with tears. So Esau sought after this carefully with tears, but he found no place of repentance. There was no change. How many of you guys have been in situations with people who you do love, you do care about, and they just, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm not going to do it again. They're seeking Peace with you carefully with tears. This is my last time doing that. I promise. But then they do it again and again and again and again and again and again. And, again. and you're just like,
0: <laughs>
1: we all know. <laughs> you know? So that's what Esau was doing. For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched. This is verse 18 and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and, and tempest. Verse 19, and the sound of the trumpet and the voice of words, which which voice they that heard in treatment, that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. All right, we're going to stop there, and we're just going to talk about how important... We're just going to talk about how to reset... And reprogram the direction many of these relationships are going in. Cognitive neuroscientists. So prior to me going to Oral Roberts University where I met my husband and studying, I studied actually academic theology, I studied ancient languages, but prior to me doing that I uh, studied micromolecular biology for three years, and my favorite subject was neuroscience. I loved studying the brain. Um, I still do. Um, cognitive neuroscientists say, and um, it has been deemed a fact, that we are conscious of only about 5% of our cognitive activity. So basically, that means about 90, 95% of our lives come from programs in the subconscious. Our conscious mind is able to create, but our subconscious, that's just kind of like what we've experienced when we grew up. You know, as a child, we saw mama and daddy and auntie and uncle and our community doing things a certain way. And many times, what, you know, well, not many times. Well, what research is saying is that 95% of the time, you are making decisions based off of that original programming. And so even if it's almost like a default on a computer, you know? With computers, they have default settings. Now, I'm not sure about you, but that was before Christ. (laughs) So for me, it was. So... I had to reprogram things so that my go-to wasn't what I had seen or what I had heard or what I learned in school from my friends or what my community said or, you know, and that can go, this, this is in regards to literally every and anything, finances, you know, if you grew up around poverty, it's a, it, poverty is a mindset. If you grew up and and you were in a situation where finances were managed well, you know, even if you aren't as great of a person as the person who didn't grow up in that situation, you're programmed to think about money a certain way. Now, granted, everyone does not fit into these categories, but many people do. So the Lord asks us to renew our mind. If, we, if you would turn to me, turn with me to Romans chapter 12. We're going to read verse 2. It's it says, it reads, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And then we see in 2 Timothy. Verse, chapter 1, verse 7, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We have such great teaching from Bishop Butler and Pastor Kerrick. We know that we are to speak the Word of God. We are supposed to do this repetitively, continuously. We're supposed to say it out of our mouths. When we do that, what you are doing is you're reprogramming whatever you're reprogramming that default from the past, that default that you keep going back to that keeps tripping you up over and over and over again. You're reprogramming that thing. You're reprogramming yourself in that area. Eventually, over time, what you see is that you will now do what it is that you've been reprogrammed to do. The Word of God is what will come up and come out. The Word of God will direct you and your choices will line up with His. And then as a result, your situations will look the way that He says it's supposed to look. But as boring as this may sound, it is really the key to you getting what it is that you've been praying for. You have to allow him to do that. You have to do what it is that he's telling you to do. You have to, as simple as it seems, say what the word says over that situation. It is very simple, and yet it trips so many of us up. We're not speaking the word of We're not even considering the word of God most of the time. And it's not going to bibbidi-bobbidi-boop away. It's going to get worse. It's just going to get worse. That relationship will not fix itself over time with no assistance, with nobody doing anything. It's just going to get worse. The Lord says, The Lord says concerning marriage in Mark 10, verse 9, What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. And many times when we think about this scripture, we think about like somebody coming in from the outside and trying to wreck heaven on our marriages. However, when I first heard Pastor Deborah read a text from this, this, this uh, or read this verse, she said to me, I guess we were in private quarters. She said to me, you make sure you're not the one putting your marriage asunder. We oftentimes think about somebody else coming in. From the outside and being the issue. But what about us? Are we the ones that are driving a wedge between what we know God has joined? You know that you're in God's perfect will for your life. And I'm only talking, you know, some of us know we're not in God's perfect will for our life. Or we were not in God's perfect will for our life. And I'm not, we're not gonna talk about that right now. But those of you who know, well, once you get married, you are in God's will for your life. So then. You still need to do things according to, you still need to, to follow what the word is saying concerning your marriage. But though you know you're in God's perfect will for your life. You know that this is where he wants you to be. You know that you're in the city where he wants you to be, at the job where he wants you to be. You know that this is the man that he wanted you to marry. You know um, that you, you know you're in the right place. It just doesn't look the way you thought it would look. But we live by faith, not by sight. It will change. However, there is something that you have to do. And I know many of you are tired, and you feel like you've done so much already. And you're so tired, you don't want to have to do another something else I have to do. Something I have to do. I'm tired. I submit to you today, maybe we weren't doing it God's way. And that's okay. This is not supposed to make you feel like bad or make you feel even more discouraged to keep moving forward. There is strength and joy. I, we've heard from this pulpit so many times just to laugh. <laughs> but how many of you actually do that? I know it makes you feel really silly when there's nothing actually funny per se, not like a trigger making you laugh. But you don't have to be triggered to laugh. You can choose joy, but how often do we do that? That's great. Yes. (laughs) Really, I really don't know how to do life without choosing joy. (laughs) But you can choose joy. So maybe we've not been doing it right, or maybe we were doing it right, but we stopped. Maybe we, you know, stopped being consistent about it. All right. I just wanted to take a look at the clock. To make sure. Troubles will come. They always come. And when troubles come, we can either grow, gain wisdom, and become better as a result of it, or the opposite can happen and become bitter as a result of it. Either way, troubles are going to come. Saved, unsaved, troubles are going to come. But with Christ, we know what, no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. With Christ, you and your spouse, you and your children, you and, and I guess, um, your company, whomever it is for you right now that the Lord is talking to you about, you guys can come out of that situation stronger and better. Sometimes unscathed at all. It didn't even affect you. But if that's not the case and you were affected, by maybe their words or the circumstances or the situation or whatever. The Lord will heal you from that. He'll heal you then before you are required to move forward. But you have to allow him to heal you. And that means you have to do what it is that he says to do. But many times when he tells us to do something, I think we're not thinking he's telling us to do this because he wants to heal us. It just seems like he's trying to hurt us even more. We're already hurting. I'm already as low as I feel I can get. And you're going to ask me to do something that in my mind right now is making me feel like I'm just going to end up even more messed up than I would if I just did not do what it was that you were telling me to do. However, many of us in this room also know how faithful God is. So you have to remind yourself of who your God is and what he's done for you. When has he ever done that? We get such good teaching here. Pastor Kirk does such a good job teaching the word. We know that God is good and he is only good. And that when situations arise that may not seem to be good, we know that God is not the author of those things. But he will be the one to bring us through it, to bring us out of it, and to make everything around it look like the garden again. But he is not the one who created it. We know that. We've been taught that time and time again. But do you know that? Like, do you really know that? When you go home and you are comfortable and life happens, do you know that? Are you thinking that? Are you responding from a place where that is at the forefront of your mind? God is good. He is good all the time. He wants to be good in this situation. If you're not, how do you get there? As simple as it sounds, by saying what the word says concerning that situation, you speak it over and over and over and over and over again until you get it, until you know it, until you reprogram, until your old default is gone. Does that mean you will absolutely never do it again? No, that's not, what that's, that's not what that means. But even if you do do it and it does rise back up again, that doesn't mean that's who you are. You know, you just keep doing what it is that God told you to do. You let it go. No condemnation. You keep it moving. This simple thing that the Lord instructs us to do will change everything. It really will change everything, you know, on top of taking all the other steps that he tells you to take. Concerning your finances. Let's talk about health. Concerning your health. Um, You know, we know better. The ones that have been here for as many years as many of of us have been a part of Faith Christian Center and a part of Bishop Butler's um, uh, ministries. Um, We know we're not supposed to be speaking sickness and disease. And we know we're supposed to speak the word. But if you find yourself a situation, in a situation where you're not speaking the word, even if you're thinking it but you're not speaking it, the Lord is asking you to change that. And if you find yourself in a situation where not only are you not speaking the word concerning that matter, but then you're speaking sickness and disease, just simply stop speaking sickness and disease and actually say what the word has to say about it. And if you find yourself in a position where you don't want to stop speaking sickness and disease, because as interesting as this may seem to others, some people don't want to get healed. You like your X, Y, Z, whatever that is. You like the attention it gives you. You like the fact that everybody around you will do everything you ask them to do. <laughs> oh, I can't do it today. Baby, can you, uh, can you get that remote control for me? and? Actually, don't even get the remote, cause my fingers later on because of X, Y, Z might get too tired. Can you just manually change it? I need some. You know, we sometimes get kind of stuck, and that's not a good place to be. And God never wants you stuck anywhere. You're supposed to be growing from glory to glory. It doesn't matter if you're not. You can. It's so simple with God. God's like, it's just so simple. It's, we are the ones that make it complicated. God's like, all right, okay, that's the problem. Let's just stop and do it this way. And we're like, uh-uh, it's not that simple, Jesus. I can't just stop and do it this way. I got to do this, and then I have to go to the altar 10 times minimum. <laughs> because it's that 10th time that really drives it home, and then I have to... Do jump through this hoop and run this marathon, and then maybe, maybe I might one day way, way, way in the future move an inch. And then those of us who unfortunately find ourselves like that, and I think we've all kind of been there at times, get mad, the babes who just walked into the church got saved yesterday, and they live in a the dream. <laughs> they they walked into the church with drugs. You know what I mean? Planning to smoke it in the car, <laughs> lay it at the altar, and you see them, you know, living in the fulfillment of what God has promised them, and preaching the gospel, and they have something. Don't you dare say something to me. They got something to teach. They read the Bible and they believed it. So they do have something to teach. Unfortunately, as many years as we've been here, you're the one acting like the unbeliever. And that's not to make anyone feel bad. I have been there. I don't have, it doesn't do God. God just wants to see you living the type of life you want to see you living. It's not about making you feel some type of way. It's about making you hopefully choose him again, even if you decided not to choose him this morning on the car right here. God is not trying to overcomplicate things. Our rep- many, you know, for, for us, it may, be, it may be the original programming that has us thinking about situations as complicated Because with people, it can be complicated. You don't know. One day, they're this way. The other day, they're that way. They're up, they're down, they're around the corner. You're just like, what is happening right now? God is not like that. He's not like man. He does not lie. He is for you, and he's always for you. And that's not the experience that we have with people. That's not the consistent experience that we have with people. That's not even a consistent experience that we have with family. For some of us in the room, you're like, I have a better experience with anybody who is not a Smith or, you know, whatever, than I do, you know. But whatever that default programming was for the Smith family, God can do away with it. You're in a new family. You're his son. You're his daughter. Our conscious mind is creative. It creates new realities You know, it's where our our dreams and our wishes, we have to make sure that, I guess, we want, God wants us to get to a place where, let me just go back to the quote. If 95% of our brain activity goes beyond um, our conscious awareness and is different programs coming from the subconscious mind, then... Those things that's within the subconscious mind need to come straight from the Word of God. For kids like our children and children's church who grew up in houses of faith, that's what, that's what their reality is. It's the Word. My husband, he's, he's been in the Word since, since day one. So... It's what's in him and it's what comes out of him. But when there is something and it doesn't line up with the Word of God, he just simply changes it. He makes a choice to change it. I think it's very bold and very brave to even allow yourself to... I think it takes bravery to allow yourself to see the problem. Many times you don't want to see the problem. But God can heal you from all those past hurts so that you can even be able to accept the fact that you might have something that you contributed to what it is that you're asking, at least in this situation, to change. It may not be because of you, but unfortunately as a result of whatever the enemy tried to do in your past, to, to whatever he tried to do, you may, you may be a certain way. And however you are now will trip you up as far as continuing to go, um, as far as where God is Where it is that God is trying to take you. So you have to allow Him to change you. You have to allow Him to heal you. You have to allow Him to love you. Worship is a wonderful place to start. It's difficult to believe that God has got you like that, but He does. So worship is a wonderful place to start. Kind of like our guards are kind of down. And God's able to express his love to us. We're able to express, express our love to him also. And then just try it. Just, I mean, you have tried everything else. Just try being kind and loving and try keeping your mouth closed. <laughs> just try Keeping your mouth closed. It, you are a pro at the snapback. You, or is it snapback? I don't know. What is it? Clapback. I am so out of the loop when it comes to cultural things, it's sad. Unfortunately, I don't know how he's so in the loop. I'm like, we live in the same house. <laughs> anyway, clapback. You are a pro at it. You are a pro, you already have it on standby. People don't even have to even do too much now to push your buttons. They have to just look at the button, and that clap back comes out. <laughs> I hope I'm saying it right. I hope it is a cl- Anyway. Anyway. And you just have to allow the Lord to teach you how to control your tongue. Don't you worry about anybody else other than you right now. Let's get the you thing fixed. Let's, let's fix it within ourselves first. Many times, you'll find that even if the outward situation does not change, you're still good. You're still happy. You're still truly living your life. Unfortunately, a side effect of that may be that that person might be more angry now (laughs) because you're really good. So maybe it's a win-win, just kidding. (laughs) But (laughs) But you're actually good. I'm not talking about marriages um, per se right now, but like, you know, many times, maybe it'll fix, maybe it'll work out the way that you, like and all parties involved, will align with what it is that God's trying to do in this season, in this place, or maybe they'll be removed. Either way, it's not you being removed from what it is that God has from you and what it is that God has called you to do. Because you removed yourself by refusing to, to be a part of the process. So God will make it right, and he'll keep you right in the meantime. You just have to make sure that he's involved. Make sure that you're communing with him. Make sure that you're reading his word. It doesn't even matter if you're starting at a verse. You know, God always takes you from a little bit, and he just, like, you, like, I mean, I started off not even understanding. Like, like many of times, we'll think, I don't know how I'm going to do this because we've never done it before or because right now we are just in the least bit interested. But then you end up being almost a professional at it and you can teach others and you're, or you're abounding in this area. God is just really good at doing that type of work. He's not asking you to figure out how to fix yourself. He's asking you to trust Him and to simply say out of your mouth what it is that He said and not say anything else. Concerning marriages over the years and having, being, I guess, being able to do life together, you guys get to encounter the troubles Together, you're two different people. You respond different ways. Your original default programming, if it has not been reprogrammed, and updated to what the Word of God says, you know, is completely different. You're two different people. You grew up in two different places. Two different. Even if you didn't. Okay, not not. This is not necessarily about marriage. But even when you have two siblings who grew up in the same household, they. Are really different, and it is sometimes difficult for the siblings to work together, let alone two people who grew up in two completely different households learning how to do life together. There's going to be troubles, and you're going to respond to the troubles differently, and your spouse may or may not understand the way you respond, and you may or may not understand the way they respond. And over time, there's so much hurt because words do hurt, and you didn't let God teach you how to... You didn't let him, Y'all, you had that clap back on, you know, you practiced that, and so now that's what you're good at, and now they've practiced whatever it is that's hurting you, and you find yourself in this place where you've just been so hurt by each other for so long that you're afraid to try, or you may not want to try. God can make all things new. No matter how many years it took for you to dig yourself into this situation, he can make it new. But it's going to take you allowing him to do that work in your life. And it's going to take you choosing to do it his way. It's going to take you telling yourself, hey, I have, God has not given me a <laughs> uh, spirit of fear, but, I, but the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. I can keep my mouth closed. I can do these things. You have to remind yourself. You have to renew your mind. You have to encourage yourself, and you have to do this every day. You have to do this continuously. You will see a change, but even when you see a change, don't stop. Continue to speak the word. God can make it right. His plan for your life is good. His plan for your marriage is good. His plan for your relationship with your children is good. Don't forget that. Allow him to be good to you.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked him into your heart, you've never made him your Lord and Savior. Pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your Son. I believe that He died for me, but on the third day, you raised Him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart, save me now, forgive me of my sins, fill me with your Spirit, and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's FCCGA.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Have an amazing day.